Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We are really glad that you're here today. Hope you've had a, a wonderful week. We're concluding our series on uh, expect uh, great things. And you know, I always like to start with something funny. So here goes. Did you hear about the guy that was getting ready for church and he couldn't find his hat? And it was really cold outside. And so he got in the car and came to church. He, he said, you know what? I'm going to go to the church coat room and I'm going to steal somebody's hat. Sure enough. And he went to church and uh, he sat through the service making his plan. But then the pastor started preaching um, and then the service was over. And so he came up to talk to the pastor. And he said, you know, I came here for one reason. I came here to, to steal somebody's hat. He said, but when you started preaching about the Ten Commandments, he said, it inspired me. And, he, and the pastor spoke up and said, you know what? He said, I, uh, that commandment on thou shalt not steal, that's a powerful word. He said, no, 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 no. He said, that commandment on thou shalt not commit adultery. He said, I remembered where I left my hat. <laughs> oh, he needed to be in church. I mean, sometimes it sinks in after three times. You just got to em embrace the moment. We're, we're concluding our series, Expect Something Great and Expect Great Things. And, and let me ask you a question. What would, how would your life be different if you went into work tomorrow and as you walked through the door of your office, of your company, and you really expected something great? What would happen in your life if you went home and, and maybe with your spouse or maybe with your um, your children or your parents and you went into the house and you started to expect something great. You know, so many times we like to lower the expectations. We like to have realistic expectations because we don't want to be disappointed. But I believe that God wants to give you a life where you can expect great things. Too many times we get stuck in the ordinary when God wants to do something extraordinary. We get stuck um, asking God to help us uh, have enough to get by when God wants to throw open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you. Or maybe we find ourselves praying, oh God, help me to manage this problem. Help me to manage this addiction when God wants to set you free. We ask for the possible and God wants to do something impossible in our lives. And so here we are, we're on day 22 of 21 days of prayer. Day 22 of 21 days of prayer, we're still praying, we're still believing that our situation will change and this problem will be resolved. You know, so often we go through seasons of prayer just like we completed and that prayer that we have prayed every day during the 21 days, we complete the 21 days, and that problem is still there. That, that challenge is still there. Well, if that's you today, I want to talk to you about what to do when you can't get past the problem that you're facing. What do you do when you can't get past the problem? I want to focus on a, 
a passage of scripture from the book of Mark. It's about a woman that had this issue for 12 years, and she did everything she knew to do to get through it. So let's pick up our story in Mark chapter 5. It said, a large crowd had pressed around him, and a woman was there that had a subject of bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors. Now, she had spent all that she had, but instead of getting better, she grew worse. Now, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd, and she touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I could touch his clothes, I will be healed. Now, it's always important that when you start to read a passage from the Scripture to know what's really going on behind the scenes. First of all, you've got to understand this is a Jewish woman. And women in those days were not given the respect that they deserved in society. They were considered secondary in the culture, but Jesus came to give his life to change that kind of system. In fact, as a result of Jesus and his ministry, you hear words like this, there's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. This woman was sick. She had had this bleeding disease that had continued for 12 long years. And in that day, blood was a symbol of life. But bleeding was a symbol of death. And as a result, anyone that had a flow of blood was considered to be unclean. To be unclean meant that you were cut off from the community. A person that was unclean had to announce his presence or her presence as they went out in public. They had to say, unclean, unclean. And when they would say that, people would scatter. So for 12 years... For 12 years, this woman had battled with a disease that caused her to be cut off from the world. She couldn't worship. She couldn't get married. She couldn't have children. She couldn't socialize. She couldn't do any of those things that made life worth living. Her disease caused her to live a life in seclusion. And so not only was she suffering physically, but she was suffering financially In verse 26, it says, she suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors, and notice this, and had spent all that she had, and yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. For 12 years, she tried everything in her own power to get better, but nothing seemed to work, no matter how hard she tried. Nothing could take. And as a result of it, this woman felt like she was in a desperate situation. Some of you may know what that feels like, to feel like that you've tried everything that you know to do to get out of this situation, and yet you're stuck right where you are, and and you're feeling desperate. You look at your life, and you say, how did I end up like this? I never dreamed I would be ended up like this. Well, that's what she was feeling. She was desperate. We pick it up in the next verse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak. And she just thought, if I could just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Now, why why would she think this? Well, here's where you need to go a little bit deeper and understand the Jewish tradition. And over the next, let's say, three to five minutes, I just need you to lean in I just need you to, uh, uh, to listen because we're going to go deep here. 
And it'll be easy for you just to clock out, but I don't want you to do that. I want you to lean in. I want you to listen. I believe that this will open our eyes to what is really going on. And as a result of what I'm going to talk about, you're going to have one of those, okay, I understand it now. And so in those days, a Jewish man would wear two garments. He had an undergarment that would be like a man's T-shirt, except it would extend down past his knees, probably about halfway between his knees and his feet. Now, this would be called uh, a haluk or a tunic. In Hebrew, it's called a haluk. And so they would wear that around the house. They'd possibly wear uh, this tunic, this haluk, out in the fields. But they would never wear it um, out in public unless they had an outer garment. Now, the outer garment was uh, called a cloak or, in Hebrew, it was called a tallit. Now, this cloak was a long piece, a rectangular piece of fabric. It was made out of wool. It had four corners on this long piece of um, fabric, and they would put it over the shoulder, and it would reach down, and it would go past here, and then they would wear a belt, and this was called a cloak. So when this woman pressed through the crowd, she wanted to touch Jesus' cloak or his tallit. Now, this delete had four corners. Now, what's up with that? On each of the corners, you would see tassels, and these tassels are called tzitzis. Now, why, why is that even important? Because it was there to remind them of Numbers chapter 15. What does that say? It said, speak to the Israelites and say to them, throughout the generations to come, Throughout the generations to come, you are to make tassels on the corners of your garments with a blue cord on each tassel. Now, you will have these tassels to look at, and so you will remember all of the commands of the Lord that you may obey them. As a Jewish rabbi, Jesus probably wore these tassels or these tzitzis. He's probably wore these tassels on the corner of his garment. So many Jews today still do that. Now, just lean in. Just give me a couple more minutes on this. Now, these tassels were knotted five times. Why is that? Because they were reminding the Jews of the Torah. That's the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So those five represent that. There are spaces in between those and that is to remind them of the name of God, Yahweh, but you couldn't say Yahweh. You only used initials, and that was Y-H-W-H. Then there were 613 knotted strings. Why 613 knotted strings on this garment? Because there were 613 laws of the Torah. Okay, are you still with me? Let's go a little bit deeper here. So you had this outer garment with four corners. Now, the corners were, uh, if you go to the Hebrew, it was called the kanaf. Now, the word kanaf meant corners, but it also meant wings, okay? It meant wings. And so, if you had two wings, like a bird would have two wings, that's the kanafim. Okay, where are we going with this vocabulary lesson? There's a prophecy about the coming Messiah in the Old Testament book of Malachi, chapter 4, verse 2. It said, but for you who revere my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. Notice the phrase healing in its wings. Wings are corners. 
So when a Jewish person would read that verse, they would automatically think that the Messiah is coming, and the Messiah is coming with healing in his tassels. That is why this woman in the book of Mark pressed through the crowd. When she heard about Jesus, she came up uh, behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I touch his clothes, I will be healed. This woman pressed through the crowd because she believed that there would be healing in its wings. She believed there would be healing in those tassels. She was at a place where she was desperate. She was determined. She had suffered long enough that she was willing to press through that. She believed he was the Messiah to touch the uh, corners of that garment. Now, you've got to think about this. This is a huge risk for her because she is this woman who had been unclean for 12 years. She couldn't go out in public. And I am sure that she felt the peer pressure for her to stay in her place. You need to stay at home. You don't need to be going out in public. You need to stay in your place. Peer pressure. You know, all of us deal with peer pressure. You know, so many times we talk about peer pressure when we uh, train up our kids as they go through middle school and high school. But I'm telling you, peer pressure is through all the generations. It's when other people start to influence you. It's the pressure of that. And so many times there's good influences and other times there are negative influences. So here's the point. Never allow your relationship with someone to keep you from a relationship with Jesus. There's the point. Never allow your relationship with someone to keep you from a relationship with Jesus. It may be a close friend. It may be a relative. It may be somebody in that moment that is hindering you from becoming the very person that you have been created to be. They're holding you back. And I realize that, that you may be concerned about your reputation. You may be concerned about what they think. But I want you to be strong. And I realize this person may have been your friend since grade school. But if that person is holding you back from, become, from embracing your purpose, holding you back from becoming the person God has created you to be, you need to separate yourself. I believe that God will always bring the right people into your life, but you have to let the wrong people walk away. I'll say that again. I believe that God will bring the right people in your life, but you have to be willing to let the wrong people walk away. It takes courage to do this. It takes courage to press through your crowd. It takes courage to press through the crowd here. You read the story and you, and you don't realize, but this is one of the most courageous acts of faith in all of the New Testament. Think about what was going on in this woman's mind as she's pressed to the crowd. She said, if I am found out, I'll be publicly humiliated. Everybody will know my condition. She was not supposed to be out there, so, but she pressed through to reach out to Jesus. She had faith, and that's what it took. Somebody told her that Jesus was coming. Somebody told her that this man, Jesus, was the Messiah. 
And no doubts, her mind went back to that, that Malachi verse. It said, yes, when the Messiah comes, he's going to come, uh, the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. And she pressed through the crowd, and she reached out, and she touched that corner. She touched that ca- uh, tassel, and what happened? Verse 29, immediately, immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. When she touched the master's, the Messiah's tassels, she was healed. She reached out in faith. It was her faith in Jesus that healed her. That could have been the end of the story here, but Jesus was not finished with her. Because if she was ever going to experience lasting change, she would need more than a healing She had to come clean. If you want lasting change in your life, you need more than a healing. You've got to come clean. You've got to tell somebody what happened. Verse 30, at once Jesus realized that power had gone from him. And he turned around in the crowd and asked, said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said, Jesus, you see people crowding against you. And you ask? Who touched me? Can you not see this crowd? Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came. He fell, she fell at his feet, and notice this, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. This woman had to do what she feared the most. She had to tell the truth. For 12 years, she had hidden the secret. For 12 years, she lived a life of deception. It was the only way she could survive. She felt like that if anybody really knew my story, if anybody really knew me, they would never accept me. So she had this lie going on, this life of deception going on. And Jesus saw that, and he wanted her to be completely free And Jesus knew she needed to come clean. So many people never take that step. They come and, oh, God, heal me, heal me, heal me, but they never want to come clean. When you refuse to take that step to come clean, you find yourself carrying around guilt and shame. God doesn't want you to carry around guilt Guilt from your past and and shame of who you've become. Jesus came so that you could be set free. Jesus came so that you could be completely whole. I love the words of James chapter 5 and verse 16. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. It says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Look at this verse closely. This verse teaches us two things. First of all, that forgiveness comes when we are honest with God. Forgiveness comes when we're honest with God, but healing comes when we are honest with each other. That's why it's so important to find a place where we can be open and transparent about our failures. That's why it's so important to have a, be in a small group. 
Today is small group Sunday, and every, we believe that every person needs somebody that can spur them on to reach their goals, that can spur them on to, uh, to become that spiritual person that they uh, want to be, to spur them on to help their career, and to spur them on to help them in their family. You know, when uh, our kids were small, Patty and I would always look for that couple that had a healthy family. And we would try to look for that couple that's maybe five or six years older than us. And we would watch them. And we would watch them how they would handle their situations with their kids. And we would learn from them. Because you see, experience is a great teacher. But it doesn't have to be your experience. You can learn from the experience of other people. And so it is so important for you to watch that and be attentive. And how did they handle that situation? How did they handle this other situation? And so it's so important that we come to a place where we, we have those relationships where we can get to know people on a deeper level than just surface conversations. That's why it's important to be in a small group. Now, let me just give you some practical advice. You know, on the, uh, once you sign up for a small group and you have your first meeting, don't open up and lay it all on the table the first time you meet somebody. Because they'll say, man, this is like too much for me. So just... Let's build trust here and, and build trust with two or three friends and allow that relationship uh, to develop so that you can move into those places where you can find freedom. And speaking of freedom, I think one of the best places to, uh, to work through this is in a freedom group. When I think about all the small groups, I think all small groups are important, whether it's in, you're in a golfing group or whether you're in a serve team at the Dream Center or if you're in a Bible study. All of these groups are so important, but if you've never been through a freedom group, I think this is your year. This is your time because it's in this that you will help to go deeper and, and an understanding of who you are and you'll find freedom from the, some hangups and things that are holding you back. Forgiveness is what comes when we're honest with God, but healing comes when we're honest with each other. So in our story, this woman revealed her secret and told the truth, and she was healed. Jesus said to her in verse 34, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Go in peace. That's what we're looking for, isn't it? Peace. God, give us peace. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Now, when I look at this passage of Scripture, this, it's somewhat of an obscure story here. And some of you have heard this before. Others, you, this is the first time you've heard this. I believe that there are four lessons that we can learn that will help us get through the challenges, get through the difficulties, get through the problems, get through what we're going through. There's four. Here's the first one. I'd say to you, don't give up hope when you're facing a long-term problem. Don't give up hope when you're facing a long-term problem. This woman refused to give up hope even though she couldn't find an answer. For 12 years, she was searching and searching, and she continued to look. You know, the Bible says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. There are times that we have to go on a search uh, adventure where we're searching for answers. We're knocking on doors. Don't give up. Let's be practical once again. This problem that you have, more than likely, it did not develop overnight. This problem you're faced with, more than likely, 
It is a problem that has been unfolding for some time now. I want you to realize that just maybe you're not going to get out of this problem overnight either. Just maybe it's going to be a season where you are going to um, learn how to handle this and learn how to grow through this. The Bible talks about little by little until you are at a place where you can grow through this so you can receive what God has for you. That's what God told the Israelites. He said, I will give you the land. I will pour out blessings on you. But right now, if I poured out blessings on you, you couldn't handle it. And maybe that's what God is saying to you, that you're praying for his favor and his blessings, and God has so much more for you than you ever imagined. But if he gave it all to you right this moment, you could not handle that. So he wants you to grow through that. He wants you to mature through that. So don't give up. Yeah, this is a long-term problem, but you can get through this. Put one foot in front of the other. Here's the second thing. I said there's four things. Here's number two. I want you to be proactive and look for a solution. I want you to be proactive. I want you to do something that you haven't done before. I want you to be proactive. Take that step. This woman, she did what she could do. So many times people try one or two things and then they say, oh, it didn't work and they just, they settle for what they have. But I want to encourage you, go after it. Be proactive. Start looking for a solution. Third thing is this. Don't allow negative voices to keep you from doing what you know you need to do. I know she had to do struggle with negative voices and, and so many of the negative voices were the people that were around her she'd sc scream out unclean unclean don't you know that they turned on her get away what do you mean being here I've got my kids here I mean I can imagine all of this those negative voices around her saying uh, bad things to her that's a problem but you know what if she lived in seclusion, probably some of the greatest negative voices um, were not the voices from outside, but it was the voices from her own thought pattern, her own thoughts. How many times do we struggle with those negative voices in here? Those voices saying that you'll never live up to who you, uh, uh, to that next person, or you'll never get this job, or who do you think you are even applying? I mean, you don't have the pedigree, you don't have the experience, and look, if, if your parents couldn't do it, or your, your grandparents, why do you think you can do this? And we have these negative voices over and over that is trying to tear us down, trying to defeat us, trying to help us live below our potential. Don't let the negative voices keep you from doing what you know you need to do. You need to hear the voice of truth. The voice of the Lord that says to you that I have created you and I have formed you even in your mother's womb and I have my hand upon you and, and you are talented and you are favored and you are blessed and you are to walk in my anointing. That you start to listen to that voice where God is building you up. And that you come to the place where you're pushing out the negative voices, that you're pushing out the darkness. 
the voice of truth. You say, how do I get that? You read God's word, and as you read the Bible, it is as if those words are like a cleansing agent to your mind, and they cling, uh, they, they will cleanse your thoughts. That's why the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let his thoughts be in you. Oh, people struggle. So many of us struggle with those negative voices holding us back. But we're going to say, no, no, nobody but Jesus is going to run my life. Nobody but Jesus. Don't allow the negative voices of this world to hold you back. Here's the fourth and final one. And this is about faith here. This is about faith. This is about stretching you. I want you to move from thinking God can do something to knowing that God will do something. So many times we, we get caught in the, oh yeah, I know God can do this. Yes, God can do that. Yes, God can do that. And, and we think about all that as a distant, oh, it's good for somebody. Oh, I've seen it happen in somebody else's life. I want you to move from that kind of thinking. I want you to add faith. And I want you to know that God will do that. Move from thinking God can do it to yes, I know that God will do this because I have faith to believe that. I trust that God is gonna complete what he started. I trust that God is going to finish the course. I trust that God is gonna open the door because I am his. God's gonna do this, and I'm here to raise your faith. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to speak life to you. And the biggest problem that so many have is that you just put all of your confidence in your own abilities, and you've crowded out the voice of the Lord with the voice of the world. And it is time that we come back to a place of holiness, and we ask God to sanctify us that get the junk out of our lives so that we can hear clearly what God is saying to us, that we can hear clearly uh, what the voice of truth is saying, that too many times that negative voice wars against us. And the biggest battle you have is the battle uh, in your brain. It's the battle of your thoughts. And God is here to set you free. The scripture says that the weapons that we fight with are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, bringing every thought into captivity. And so today I speak to you in the name of Jesus, and we're going to bring down every stronghold in your life. Every voice that says you cannot survive. Every voice that says that you're going bankrupt. Every voice that says that you'll never have a, a loving relationship. Every voice that says uh, that you cannot make it in business. We're going to bring that down and we're going to say no weapon formed against us will prosper and all those that rise up against us will fall. And we declare today that Jesus is Lord in our lives. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord over that situation you're dealing with. It is time that we come to the place where we surrender that to him. 
every Sunday in this series, we've finished the message with the same question. And that question is this, what do you need God to do in your life? What do you need God to do? What is that thing? I want you to put that a mental image right now in your mind, that, that need. It could be a relationship, it could be a financial issue, it could be something with your work. What is that thing? It could be some type of addiction. What is that thing that you are wrestling with? I want you to think about that, and I want, to, I want you to get in that in your mind, and I'm gonna pray over you, and we're gonna believe that God is gonna set you free. You ready? Are you ready? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over the people in this room and the people watching online. I pray that freedom would come. I pray, Father, first of all, that salvation, uh, Lord, would come to those that have never been saved, that they would say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, make me into the kind of person you'd have me to be. Fathers, they pray prayers like that. I ask that you would change their life forever. I pray over this congregation right now. I pray over your life. I pray over those that are struggling because of fear and anxiety. I pray for those that are struggling with depression. I say in the name of Jesus, receive healing today. In the name of Jesus, receive peace today. Father, I pray for those individuals you are struggling with a relationship and that relationship uh, is not productive, it is not positive, but you're in this and the Spirit of the Lord is prompting you to make a change. And the Lord would say to you to guard your heart for you have opened your heart and you have exposed it to people who have wounded you and who have hurt you. And God is here to bring healing and deliverance. But as long as you open your heart to the enemy, that this battle is going to cost you more than you ever thought. So hear the word of the Lord today and receive this warning to come to him and to surrender and God will raise you up and God will give you the power and God will give you the victory in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray that you would move upon this place, that this would place would be a place of your spirit, that we would receive your touch and we would receive your anointing and we would receive your healing in Jesus' name. And Father, we give our lives to you. And today we're calling your attention to those needs, those needs that we've locked in our memory. And we ask that you'd have mercy and that you'd bring help. We pray this in faith believing. Say that, in faith believing. In Jesus' name. Say that, in Jesus' name I receive it. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.